do you have um, your usual sort of um, like mid-African getaway plan for the year, or has COVID kind of? Oh yeah. Kind of... Well, I mean, so it's like sub-Saharan Africa is off. Maybe Saharan Africa because it's okay. drier. I yeah. usually try to. I try, I try to be there every two or three months. I, just to get I some can space. That. The dry air is that. really good for the lungs. I've been yeah. told. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It was a, so this geocache is on the border between Rwanda and Congo. <laughs> Oh, a really inviting a lovely area. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you do that, and then the next thing you do is your Mexican trip to Juarez. <laughs> and, you, know, you just see, you know, Somalia. Just mm. hit all the great points, you know. So, so there it is. This is, and I think we have a real lack of active volcanoes in our in our geocaches. Mm. Um, this one is um, Mount Nairagongo. Nairagongo. There you That's go. not bad. From the Swahili, Say, I know. Are you serious? And I don't know any Swahili, but like the Swahili I've heard, that kind of sounds Swahili. Mm. Do you know I actually I can speak a little bit of Swahili? Do it! Nina Sema Ki Swahili. I can speak Swahili. I love it. Yes. There you go. Of course, this is in Congo, so it probably isn't Swahili. Well, no, so like uh, the Congo does speak a very... Um, unpure form of okay. Swahili. You want to know like the classic story? Like this is what they say about Swahili. Mm. So the people who speak it the best are Tanzanians. Like they speak beautiful. Like it's like the classic English, like, like, like British English. Correct. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like perfect. And so they say that like Swahili was born in Tanzania. Mm. It uh, grew up in Kenya. Mm. It got old in Uganda and then died in the Congo. <laughs> It's what they say about Swahili. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So there you go. So if you're there, um, they say you can go to this this mountain. And in on top of the mountain is this two-kilometer wide lava, like active lava lake. What? And this, this is a mountain two that has kilometers? erupted. Yeah. It's erupted like, like 15 times in the last 100 years. So as far as mountains, like volcanoes yeah. go, that's pretty active. Oh. Um, and it destroyed a city in 2002. <laughs> So it destroyed this city. So they rebuilt the city on top of the cooled lava. Like they're just At like that point, Dem, you're pretty committed to that location. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't. I don't know that I would go and like watch the smoke coming off of this, the last of the smoke, and being like that again. Let's do that again. So anyway, next time you're there. Um, and I love the name, the name, and I, and I looked and looked and looked for translation of this name. Mm. The only translation is that which smokes. <laughs> so it's like, they couldn't even say the name. It's like <laughs> Yahweh, you know, it's like this yeah, like yeah, the unspeakable yeah. name mm. of this great terrifying thing. And in, in the mythological casing of this is it's supposed to be at war with the next volcano over. Oh. So they erupt at oh, each yeah. other kind of <laughs> that's, um, that's where i want to build my home not only on top of an active lava lake but also in a place where there's another volcano trying to take it out <laughs> <laughs> between two warring volcanoes um you know you know uh it's uh yeah. man <laughs> yeah it it just doesn't you seem can't anyway stuff. it's oh great all that to say there's a geocache there, <laughs> um, which next time you're there um, and make sure the lava's cool to the touch. Ten seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to be careful. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so you, you go up this mountain and you find the geocache that's there. You take a picture with it. And if you do that, we will give you some gently used 
leather sofa cushions. Leather sofa cushions. They're I mean, right here. They're, there's, um, th- yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they look great, honestly. I will, I think, be, I will I mean, take these a picture are, these of them people, right now. So they really are. This I mean, is, this is, this is the one. This is worth every bit of risking your life on a active volcano. Absolutely. Yeah. Get, yeah. Get these. Yeah. I mean, so you just, you go there, take a picture of yourself. Right. And if you send us enough money for shipping, we will send it to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And every last penny too. Um, the yeah, what they recommend on the geocache. First of all, they say it is the most dangerous geocache that they have. Really, and and second, like we did one yeah. in the middle of like Antarctica. I know, and it's I, like it trumps that one. I guess, <sighs> I guess. I and and they say they say though, um, this can be difficult if you don't have experience with active volcanoes. Oh yeah, mm. I mean, luckily you and I, <laughs> we <laughs> we've been around the. This is not our first <laughs> active volcano rodeo. <laughs> You know, uh, but uh, but somebody who's a novice, mm. um, they recommend going through an agency. So, <laughs> you know, like get in touch with you know. There's you can price them out. Mm. There's a kayak. You know, you just go on kayak. You see the different like, no active volcano. <laughs> you know, lodging everything else. Mm. Um, I would go for the three star place. The two star place. Well, anyway, I won't get into it. We'll take your life in your own hands. Geocaching scripture. Mm. Here is Josh, and here is Dan. And we're here to geocache scripture, which means it is this this geocaching is this rarefied sport hobby of going and finding these treasures that 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 add dimension to a hike or a walk or a place that you've been. You know, if you get bored at the what? active volcano, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh man. <laughs> I just can't oh, look at any more. Truth is stranger than fiction. I can't oh, look at any more magma. <laughs> um, I just, I just need a geocache. So, so you, you go on this search, and the, and the joy is in the search, and that's kind of what we try <laughs> to do. Don't die. <laughs> if you don't die. If you don't die. Um, I will say that that. In, in the long view of history, the Bible has proven more dangerous <laughs> than this volcano. So you do right. have yes, to yes. be careful and approach it with an agency. Mm. That's what we are. That's what we are. <laughs> Absolutely. We will kind of help you sort through cultural and historical setting and location, different aspects of grammar, exegesis. That's right. You will not get killed reading, reading the Bible when you read Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah arose and fleed to Tarshish with, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Now, we all know what Jonah's about. I mean, Jonah is, right, right, it's, he's falling in the water, it's nighttime, there's like lightning strikes and cool things, and something that's sort of a cross between, like, Moby Dick and Jaws, sort of comes out of the coral and, like, chomps him. Um, and, like and Geppetto. Then, like, just like Geppetto. Just like Geppetto. But I wonder if Jonah built a fire inside the whale, just like Geppetto did. I think he did. That was Pinocchio. Come on, man. But isn't Geppetto Pinocchio's father? Yeah, but he doesn't go in the whale, does is, he? Is it? Yeah, his father's in the whale. Oh. Okay. He has to go find his father in the whale. Anyway, 
anyway anyway see that and that's that's what we're talking about here so anyway so that's what jonah is about anyway thanks for listening Pax Humana. Pax Humana. but it's not that it's not that um tell us about it dan what about the genre of jonah like what does it tell us about yeah well so i uh, let's begin our conversation here that we again so we exist in a a day and age where we just love, like, we don't like unhappy endings. We don't like tensions, plot tensions that go unresolved. We want the Bible to basically teach us how to be nicer, kinder people. Mm -hmm. And isn't it interesting that in in most readings of Jonah at this point in time, whether it's children's books or veggie tales, what what you find is a Jonah that has basically been reduced into some sort of horrible moralistic tale about how Jonah got eaten by a whale, had this conversion in his heart, and then went and loved the people in Nineveh and tie a bow on it. That's wonderful. In that fact, didn't happen? You did, did not happen. Oh, so when it comes, yeah. when it comes, so <clears throat> children's pastors out there, I apologize, but mm. Veggie Tales is the worst. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Oh. I'm just, it just, it has completely ruined what is other, an otherwise wonderful story mm. that is meant to convict us at our core. And mm. what VeggieTales has done, it's like it's like taking the last chapter out of Jonah completely because it just wants to end with Nineveh, Nineveh being rescued and that's it. There's no Jonah at the end being angry at God. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no tension between Jonah and God. It's just Nineveh was saved and that's it. It's done. Mm-hmm. And so however we, we think about the genre of Jonah, what we first need to understand is that it's not about the whale. And so if if you're one of these people who thinks that Jonah has to be made up, right? It has to be fictional just because it's so outlandish. No one gets eaten by a whale. Uh, the city of Nineveh wasn't as big as what they say it is. Mm. There's no chance uh, that, you know, a, a vine grew up out of the ground in a day, whatever it might be. There's lots of reasons to kind of Look at the historicity of Jonah askance. If you're one of those people, I totally understand it. On the other hand, if you're one of those people who thinks that Jonah has to be historical because Jesus talks about him, I totally understand that desire to want to protect the historicity of Jonah. But in either scenario, like it's it doesn't matter. Like if Jonah is a real person or a fake person, mm-hmm. the point of Jonah is that he's an absolute jerk. <laughs> Like that, that's that, that's the point, and it's meant to be this convicting tale. Because as you think about it like this, like you, like you've seen those really like cool '90s action uh, movies where like there's one guy chasing another guy, and he's got like a gun, and it's one of those like red laser dot guns where like mm. it points and it, like you can shoot anything, mm-hmm. and like you like. He, this, this this guy thinks he has the jump on someone, and he's got him in his crosshairs, and then he realizes, like, oh no, like the dots, he's got the, the, the dots on, on my himself. on correct. Yes, and that's what Jonah does. Like, you think you have it figured out. Mm. You're reading it, and you're like, man, this guy Jonah is awful. I can't, yeah. I can't believe anyone could be this horrible. And then you realize, oh, oh wait, the red dots on me. The red dots on me. Yeah. That's the point right. of Jonah. And right. whether he's real or whether he's fake. In either scenario, the red dot is still firmly on your chest. And I think mm-hmm. that's the beginning mm-hmm. place for us to understand Jonah. 
and 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 I would say the genre almost fits in like a character study where mm. where it is one person and what he is is more like a tragic character yeah. like King Lear. Yeah. King Lear who who is it it is a moral tale mm. of somebody of somebody falling apart. Yeah. Sort of like destroyed by their own ambition mm. or greatness. Macbeth is more like that. Um Anyway, geocaching Shakespeare. This is a spinoff show. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you, you Josh. Like, so why do you think a book like Jonah would make it into the Word of God? Mm. What yeah. do you think? I, I, and that's a million dollar question. I think, I think it has such um, parabolic significance, mm-hmm. in the sense that you know, over and over, it can be retold, and and there are other angles you can take on it. Um, you know, other angles you can take on the story, you know, from Jonah's perspective, mm. from Nineveh's perspective, all these different mm. things that, you know, through it's sort of multivalent like that. And in that way, it, it lasts like mm. scripture lasts. Yeah. Um, but it is a tragic story. Absolutely. Uh, and I think it's yeah. I think it's a story that is intended for the people of God who need to be reminded that their chosenness as the people of God doesn't privilege them above other people. And so I, I think Jonah is a beautiful story that's written for the people of God who sometimes look at their own salvation or look at their own relationship to God and then they see it as some sort of moral high ground for them to stand on. Look at me. Mm-hmm. Look how wonderful I am. Mm-hmm. I am better than everyone else around me. Mm-hmm. Jonah basically holds a mirror to that and says, man, you have mud all over your face. If you think you were chosen because you're better than anyone else, mm-hmm. you're desperately wrong. And not only that, if you think you're chosen simply to be chosen, like that's the point of your election, or that's the point of your chosenness, then you are desperately wrong. God always wants to work through his chosen people on behalf of those who aren't. And Jonah mm-hmm. is a miscarriage of that. And in a sense, it holds a mirror up to Israel saying, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You were supposed to be a mm-hmm. light to the nations, and you mm-hmm. failed at it miserably. And I also think to Christians today, it holds a, a mirror up to us, and it asks us some really difficult questions. Like, are we as loving, and are we as evangelical as we think we are or think we should mm-hmm. be? Mm-hmm. And something question. something that bears talking about, I think, is is what happened in the Capitol this last week. Absolutely. I mean, and that being um, people that claim the name of Christ in some way. Um, and um, it was a sad day, Josh, for me. And I'm was. not even being political yeah. here to see violence happening in our Capitol as people were waving banners that said Jesus 2020. Mm-hmm. And as people were actively putting pictures of themselves doing violence while holding a Bible mm-hmm. as yeah. if this is, this is somehow what it means and looks like to be the people of God. We need to enforce our power over the nations and our capacity to condemn those who are against us as opposed to mm-hmm. what Jesus has taught. And so you could say that in, in, in many ways, Jonah holds up a light to mm-hmm. what just happened in our capital. And it gives us a, a, a tool for understanding not only their short-sightedness, mm-hmm. but in a very in, in a in a in a smaller way, like all of our short-sightedness. Not again. None of us, I don't think, are as loving, as hospitable, as welcoming, or even as evangelical as we would like to think we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. God wanted to use Jonah to save a city. 
and Jonah mails in a five-word sermon. Right, right. Really, and the, and, and the, and, and the entire yeah. city is is saved. I don't know if many of us would say five words about Jesus to anyone. And so mm. we hold this title evangelical, and yet we don't behave like it. When you when you actually think that being able to share your faith is one of the most loving things you can do with someone, as long as you're not a jerk as you go about doing it. Well, it, and to me, it 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 almost brings out this the literary term you're familiar with, I'm sure, of the foil. Yeah. The foil that brings out the qualities. And where it came from, this is a geocache mm-hmm. of literary terms, mm. was that, that um, con artist Diamond Sellers used to put foil behind a diamond to Whoa. bring out its and make it look shinier than it is. Are you serious? So to bring out its qualities, no and that's where the word foil came from. No way. And in in a way, Jonah is a foil, yeah. right? And it, and the question being, you know, not how do you read Jonah, but how does Jonah read you? Yeah. You know, coming back at like, okay, what does this expose about you? Yeah. Um, and so I think I think the uh, an important. Let me even say it more strongly. I think the more important question of Jonah isn't whale or no whale, fish or no fish. And by the way, it's not a, at least in the, in, in, in the Hebrew, it's not a whale that we know of necessarily. It's a mm. fish that eats Jonah, which is also very, very interesting. Cool. Uh, there's a fun Hebrew turn of phrase, which is, uh, uh, who is he? The, literally the, the word who means he, he is she, because he literally means she and dog is fish. Because that's how you say fish in Hebrew is dog. So anyway, who is he? He is she. Dog is fish. That's an aside. I apologize for that. <laughs> Jonah. So Jonah was <laughs> hurtling down into the deeps and he was eaten by a dog. Yes, is that correct. what you're telling me? Yes, in the middle Holy of the ocean cow. of the Mediterranean. But anyway, yeah. so like that's not the point of Jonah. The more important question is, what does Jonah have to say to us today as Christians? And I, I think Jonah is a convicting tale of a a penchant in every Christian heart to kind of have some sort of glimmer of happiness when your enemies bite the dust. Mm. Like what mm-hmm. what's happening in our heart when we find joy over someone else's downfall? That's what Jonah wanted for Nineveh. And if we're honest with ourselves, I think that's what many of us want for our enemies. And Jonah, again, the dot is on our chest and we have to be convicted by that. That is not the calling that God has given his people. It's not the calling that God gave to Israel. And it's not the calling that God has set on Christians today. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think of my, you know, in, in one of several embarrassing stories of myself as a young zealot. Um, when I was in, in college, I had... Maybe I've told this before, but I had a bumper sticker on my car that had a bunch of fire at the bottom of it. And it said, if you believe there is no God, you better be right. (laughs) (laughs) Turn or burn, baby. (laughs) Turn or burn. (laughs) Like, what what is Christ-like about that level of rudeness? Yeah. Doesn't make and, any sense. And in a sense, these are the people in the capital. Like, what what is Christ like about that? You know, um, and 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 well, I think and know. I think I think we have to openly label that for what it is, and it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it does it doesn't represent. Not only does it not represent Jesus, it represents none of the values that he wanted his people to embody. Like right. his people aren't about enforcing their own power and loving it when they can stick it to the 
whoever their enemy is. Like right. that's not that's not the message of Jesus. Right. But the the beautiful thing is like that's also not the message of the Father. Like Jonah was written hundreds of years before Jesus, and that's still the message that the like the Old Testament is teaching the people of God. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's like it's yeah. a, there's yeah. there's nothing about that that represents Jesus or the Father. There's just nothing yeah. about that. We need we need to label it. But then we also, in a, in a paradoxical way, we also need to not allow ourselves to say, "Oh, and that evil is limited just to those people in the capital." Right. That that yeah, same that, that same evil yeah. also is in our hearts. Well, the dots on us. The right? dots on yeah. us. And so we need to be able to read a book like Jonah and then look at our own lives and learn how to how to properly repent from our what ethnocentrism, religious pride, whatever it might be. Tribalism. Correct. Yeah. 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 We need to Absolutely. learn how to repent from those things because none of us God is calling all of God is calling every one of his people to go out into the world to love, to share his message, to teach people about Jesus. Like right. He's calling all of us to do that, and none of us are as willing to do that as we would like to think we are. Absolutely. And and I will say that, that Jonah, Jonah holds my favorite verse in the Old Testament. Really? My favorite verse in the New Testament is Jesus wept. Sure. My favorite verse in the Old Testament is the last line of Jonah, and also much cattle. And also much cattle. And also much cattle. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, is, it is interesting that Jonah ends with a question. Mm. It is such a cliffhanger. Yeah. And it's this sharp, jagged ending mm. that cuts into you. You know, and, and that's, that's what reading Jonah is about. Yeah. It's, it's this Jonah foil that, that brings out stuff in its readers. Pax Humana. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.